right. Good morning. It's good to sing the songs and remind ourselves of what our awesome Savior has done for us, eh? Um, welcome to worship. Uh, this is uh, a sharing Sunday. That means that uh, rather than a prepared message, we're going to allow you to bring the message in the various ways that God has been leading you and speaking to you over the last, uh, I guess, six weeks since we last did this. But we think this idea of uh, a 1 Corinthians 14.26 service, a service which, uh, where we each think ahead of time and think about what God's doing with us and in our lives, and um, we share a hymn or a, a lesson or a revelation or a tongue or an interpretation. So that's what we're up to today. Uh, just a reminder, if you're new with us, we welcome you this morning. You have not been transported back into the 1980s with these uh, lyric songs. Uh, we've had our projectors uh, blown out by an electrical thing, and the, the, the supply chain problem is a real thing. You cannot get a projector uh, anywhere right now. So we will have this solved, we think, by the end of February. And uh, we're going to be making some changes to actually how we do things. So thanks for your patience. And uh, you'll see on that sheet that you were given um, two things that are going on right now that I'd like us to pay attention to. So we have an annual survey of discipleship. And uh, there's a QR code there on your sheet. You can just pop that on through your device and... Uh, takes about 10 minutes to fill that in, but we'd like to hear back from you on how you're doing in your journey with Jesus, which is going to be helpful for us to sort out how we can help you accelerate that journey over the next year or so. So take 10 minutes and fill that in. Uh, and also, uh, you see another QR code there. That's to register for the Jack Deere Spiritual Gifts Conference, which will be happening on March 4th, 5th, and 6th. So registration is now open. There's a limited number of seats just because of COVID and all that. So uh, be, be registered, get registered. And this is also going to be available online if you're uh, staying online these days. So uh, pay attention to that. And there's, those QR codes should be on your screen if you're at home. Uh, all right. So uh, that said, uh, I'm just going to pray and then... Uh, Welcome those who would like to come up and share. You just uh, just have a seat in this front row here so I know that you're ready to go. And then uh, when the person's ready, come on up here. We have a microphone here for you. And uh, go ahead and share uh, what God's got in your heart. So, uh, Father, we thank you for the privilege of worship. We thank you for this family gathered here and online. We thank you for your healing work in Steve Sessler's life. We ask that you continue to heal his lungs in the name of Jesus. We thank you that Charles Taylor has come home from the hospital. Uh, we thank you that, uh, Lord, you've continued to work in uh, Jacob Wilhelmus's life and Dan Porter's life. We're asking again for total healing in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for this morning. Uh, the privilege and, uh, of uh, sharing what it is uh, that you have given us. Uh, Lord, we also lift up the McNutt family as their, um, as uh, Pam and her husband, as her husband Charlie is uh, now in hospice, that you just cover them with grace and comfort, Lord. And I pray for Chris and Mel Melissa and their family. In Jesus' name, Lord, come and be with us as we share now by your spirit. Amen. Okay, so if anybody's ready to share, you can be first. That's good. Right here. And okay, there you go. Michael, I think that's ready to go. Just. Good morning. I'm Mike Cameron. <clears throat> I'm an elder here at MCC, and it's a privilege to be with you this morning. Uh, I'm going to try and weave together a couple events for you real quickly, but... Uh, um, in the uh, middle of uh, November, I spent three nights at Christ Hospital with acute pneumonia. And uh, 
and in, in no way am I trying to identify this as the most significant event of my life, and I'm extremely sympathetic for those people who have been through adversity and are suffering pain and loss at this point in time. So please, uh, uh, I'm just sharing my experience, but that was a profound experience. God put a halt on my life, an abrupt halt, uh, went in through the emergency room, and uh, the first uh, 24 hours were pretty serious with lots of antibiotics, but as I began to move through it, uh, these halts that God puts in our life are, are profound moments of teachability. Did God send the pneumonia into my life? Uh, no, he did not. Did he allow it to occur? Did it pass through his hands? I believe it did, uh, much like Job. And in the midst of this, God said, Michael, you're losing some of your intensity. I had retired as an active elder, and I was losing some of my intensity. And he said, the message to me was, I have so many more blessings for you. Press towards the mark of the high calling of God in, G in Christ Jesus. That just came through time and time again. Philippians 3, 12, and 14. And in the midst of this, I began to rally. I began to understand what was taking place, and I began to understand my need for God's grace and mercy. Uh, out of this time, uh, I felt called to get on my knees uh, faithfully. Uh, a brother in Christ also confirmed that to me in my accountability group. Um, uh, Paul would say in Ephesians, uh, it is good that I bow before my Father in heaven. The psalmist would say, it is good that I kneel before the Lord my God. I desperately need grace and mercy, and that has just flowed through my life. It flows into my prayer life as I seek grace and mercy to see God uh, revealing his glory as I ask for the Holy Spirit to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I ask for grace and mercy to hold the hem of Jesus' robe in prayer and obedience and faithfulness. So these things have been exciting. And uh, adversity is a, is a great cleansing mechanism uh, by God. And it, it was in my life. All the all the things that have a tendency to clutter our lives fall away very, very quickly. And I found myself filled with excitement and enthusiasm and, uh, and a, just a precious relationship with my God and his son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, now, fast forward. About 10 days ago, Dennis asked that uh, we go prayer and fasting for, on behalf of Steve Sessler. And I was all in. My morning quiet time was precious. I just knew that was going to happen. I was going to fast for lunch. Busy, busy morning. Uh, 11.30, I got up. I walked across the street and got my lunch. A little salad. Came back, sat at my desk, closed my door. And the Holy Spirit said, I thought you were going to fast. <laughs> and this was not the still, small, sweet voice. This was a forceful voice. That has really shaken me, even to this day. How did the Holy Spirit know that I was just opening my lunch? How did he know? And the Holy Spirit was there. Jesus was there. How did he know? The, so I have this renewed consciousness of God, the presence of God, and it just has exploded my quiet time. It's exploded my prayer time. I take so serious. Romans 8 and 9, you, just, you want something to chew on, take that. It has just come alive, trying to live in the Spirit of God. Uh, this, 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 this whole, uh, my prayer time, I understand for the first time this pray without ceasing. Jesus is with us. Pray without ceasing. He's here right this moment. Just lift these prayers up. Jesus, all power and authority is given to you. Bring healing to Steve Sessler. Bring healing to each of the people that Dennis has lifted up. Jesus is among us. And uh, so... I'm excited, I'm enthusiastic, and I guess my message is one of encouragement, I hope, uh, that we have a living God, and he is seeking to love us. That's what, the other thing that came through in the hospital, God's love. In the midst of adversity, his love and his love and his love. That's what he's doing. He's really loving us in the midst of adversity. That is not accidental. So, praise God. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> right. Light the fire. Praise the Lord. Woo! All right. Okay. Yeah, I'm short. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was reading in Mark, and I'm just going to read the passage. It's Mark 7, 24 to 30. And from there he arose and went away to a region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. 
But immediately a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw them to the dogs. But she answered him, yes, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, for this statement you may go on your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed. The demon's gone. And I've read that many times. But I was really struck by it. I teared up and I thought, I'm thinking, what's, what's going on? So I just did a little bit of, a little bit of research not like the pastors, <laughs> but <clears throat> I just thought she's, she was just so, she, she wasn't offended, and I read a bit from Keller, and he said, she was a parent. You do what you have to. You're desperate, and when Jesus used the word dogs, it wasn't like dogs back then were scavengers. It, it was just such an insult to call you a dog. He didn't use that word. He used the word puppies. And so there is an order. Israel was first, then the Gentiles were later. And she said, but the puppies eat from the table too. And I'm here for mine. And she didn't take any offense. She doesn't stand on her rights. It's basically she's saying, all right, I may not have a place at the table, but there's more than enough on the table for everyone in the world, and I need mine now. So she was wrestling with Jesus in a most respectful way, and she's not, she's not taking no for an answer. And I, and I just loved it. She's saying, give me what I don't deserve on the basis of your goodness, and I need it now. And a quote from Keller is, it's only until you realize that you have no leverage in your position before God that you will finally begin to hear and understand his voice and, his, and call in your life. Just like the Gentile woman who had nothing to offer Jesus to lean on his grace alone. Mm. I, I think after those two in tandem, we just need to stop and pray for a second because I think we've been given some incredible revelation about prayer and our place in prayer. So, uh, Father, I just thank you for uh, this teaching, God. Thank you for the reminder of who we are before you and how good and gracious you are to stoop to listen, to love us, to pour out your grace on us. And I'm asking, Father, now that you would bring a spirit of supplication and intercession over this congregation, over all those that are listening, that they would know beyond a doubt that you're good and that you're willing to hear even our most desperate cries. And Lord, would you would you light the fire and Lord uh, pour more pour more oxygen and combustion on the fire that may be existing already that would be red hot for you Lord I pray in Jesus name Amen All right, so I had a, okay, I'm Hannah Erickson, and I have had an experience with God. Um, so it was about two weeks ago, Saturday night, and I was in bed. It was about 10 o'clock, and I heard somebody calling my name. At first, I didn't know who it was because it was in my family's voices, but in my heart, I somehow knew God was calling me and telling me to read James. So that morning, I read the James chapter 2 or James chapter 1 and 2. And it was a, the 2 was about choosing favorites. And I really needed that because it 
top, because I had been doing it a lot without knowing it and without knowing it was wrong. So I'm just really got, I'm just really happy that God was speaking to me and calling me to him. Everybody in this room would have some experience with God. If they already have, they would have more. And I pray that everyone would be with God and God will watch over them. And that we would obey his commands. Thank you, sister. My name is Scott Hobart. I told this story two Wednesday nights ago, but not everybody was here. And it, it goes like this. I was walking into work the other morning, and it's early. I get in the office about 6 in the morning, and I was troubled. I got a lot going on in my life. I got a lot going on at work. And I was just at a point where I didn't know what to pray. And we've got a long walkway from the parking lot into the main building up at the Mason Business Center. And all I said was, Lord, I need you to speak to me today. Not with a small voice, but I need you to yell it. I need it to be unequivocal. I need to hear you today. Be careful when you pray these things. So the day gets started, and it's like any day at the office. It's busy. Things are moving fast. And um, I'm up, and I'm talking to our marketing people about something. And I had my phone in my pocket, and it started to buzz. It was about 10 o'clock in the morning. And I thought, okay. So I pull out my phone, and I look down. And you know how you get a, a name on your phone knowing who's calling? The name was Steve Sessler. Steve Sessler was in the hospital fighting for his life, and he's calling me. So I grab the phone, and I walk to a quiet part of the floor, and I pick up, you know, and I answer. I'm like, Steve? And in this raspy voice, I heard, hey, Scott, it's Steve. I'm like, yeah, Why? And he said, I just need to talk to your brother. Now, the back story is I've known Steve Sessler for 25 years. Um, at Procter & Gamble, we have different divisions, and I started in the paper division. And Steve was a division manager. And he was one of my mentors. He was one of my sponsors. In fact, he was my boss in Argentina. And I've known Steve for a long time. And for those of you that know Steve, you know how incredibly uh, accomplished he is. He's a father of five children. He's happily married. He, is, um, he rose to the rank of like global president for our brawn appliance business, you know, had multiple international assignments, and not just P&G international assignments, but like when he went to, um, to Mexico, he started a, an orphanage. And, you know, and then when he retired from P&G, he's on all these boards, and he runs marathons, and he travels around the world, and they have homes in multiple areas, and he's busy all the time. Now, that's important to say that, because while he's fighting for the breath to speak to me the other day, he said, Scott, he goes, I need to tell you something. First, thank you for praying for me. He said, I, 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 I was never at, like he said, I'm, I, I never thought I was going to die, but I was in and out of consciousness a lot. And he goes, when I was in and out of consciousness, the Lord was reminding me that there were people praying for me. So he said, thank you for that. But then he said three things. He said, Scott, while I am laying here in the most vulnerable way, he said, I need to hear the voice of Jesus. 
And then the second thing that he said, which really struck me, was he said, my life is too complicated. I've overcomplicated my life. This is a guy who's one of the most accomplished men that I know, is telling me that all of that stuff, when you get right down to it, isn't that important. And then he said this. He said, it's all about Jesus. It's all about hearing the voice of Jesus. So I think when Steve gets his full health back and he's back with us, I think you're going to see a warrior for Jesus Christ like you've never seen before. And I think the message that he's trying to tell us is, is that as complicated as the world is, with social media and with everything going on in politics and the economy and everything, and we all feel worried and we're anxious and COVID and the variants and all that kind of stuff, I think what the Lord is telling us is that, guys, it's just me. And I think that's really important. So, and, and, I, and I know that I'm not sharing this as well as I could be because you need to understand for that moment and that time for Steve Sessler to make a phone call from his hospital room to tell me this, I felt compelled to tell you this. And for you all to understand a message from one of our elders and from a man of God of what life is like. And then if I could do one more thing. Um, our daughter Anna had major surgery about a week ago, and she's sitting right there this morning, and I'm totally embarrassing her. But if you guys want to see a walking miracle and, and, and a walking example of answered prayer and somebody who loves Jesus and wants to walk with Jesus, um, I couldn't be more proud of you, Anna. So welcome back. Morning, morning. My name is. Oh, hello. Good morning. My name is Faith, um, and I didn't plan to speak or want to speak, but the heart thing. <laughs> yeah, when the Holy Spirit comes, you just have to. But um, I just want to share a small encouragement, and forgive me if I'm a little emotional. It's just so small. Um, I've been having some really hard conversations with my family recently, and my family has never disagreed early on anything so these past two years three years have been pretty tough and just learning how to relate to each other and show the fruit of the spirit and the love of Christ to one another and um, it hasn't gone very well <laughs> we haven't been really great at that um, all of us but I've had some recent conversations and um, the more prayer that I put into each conversation um, the more I realize that God always gives us the win-win-win situation. It's not win-loss. It's not loss. It's not. Um, so I came back from a conversation with my dad, and I was just crying to my husband and grieving that it didn't go the way that I wanted it to go. And, um, and I just realized that I still had hope. <laughs> I still have such hope that my relationship with him as well, that the more prayer that I put into this, the more... God will change my heart. He'll change my family's heart, not to what I believe, but to what is right and what is good. And that through God, we know what is right and what is good, and he will change our hearts to that. Um, and the biggest encouragement was that I can come out of it and um, everything just illuminates God's qualities. And so when I feel like people aren't listening to me on earth, I can say, Father, thank you so much for honoring me that I am nothing and you listen to me. And when I feel um, disrespected, the fact that the Lord, like, honors us and respects us and, like, he, he has goodwill and intention for us and almost in all the ways that I feel hurt um, or slighted against, even if it's just perceived, I get to look at God and say, thank you that you are perfect all the time. Wow. That you are steady all of the time and faithful all of the time. And that when I can't rely on, we can't rely perfectly on anyone, on my husband, on my father, on my family, on anyone, you know, um, that God is faithful, and that life and adversity gets to illuminate that, and that we get to come out of that, yes, with grief, and we're allowed to grieve, um, 
but that it, we get to retain hope because things can still change and it illuminates how great and merciful and perfect and steady our God is. So hopefully that's encouraging to you as likely you're in the same situation in many areas. Um, and I, sh- I just pray that God would give you the eyes as well to see that he is perfectly faithful and steady and good. So, yeah. Well, good morning. I'm Laura Snow. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, and um, I'm wearing my bangles. Who day? Um, and last week, um, we were, um, Jamie gave a message about teaching. And at the end of, and, and then shared that it was going to be sharing Sunday. And the, the Lord gave me my, my assignment for the week, which doesn't always happen, right? But it did. So that's cool. And it was to wear bangles gear all week, <laughs> which I did. Let's be honest one day. Sorry, God. And, um, but I did make a post on Facebook. And what the Lord spoke to me in church last week was, listen, that feeling of elation, like that Bengals fan. So when the last time this Bengals run happened, I was nine. And my dad had a Volks- or an orange Volkswagen Beetle. We threatened to paint stripes on it. I had a little, little tiny black dog, and we put orange like hairspray stuff on it, like this was big time Cincinnati business. So there's a lot of nostalgia. There's a lot of big feelings about the Bengals for my family of origin. So this is a big deal. So the Lord, I'm sitting over there and the Lord says, you know, this feeling of elation that is happening in the city, they're like, could it be? Could we be making a run? Could the curse be lifted? That's how it feels when Jesus comes into your life. All this junk that's been pushing you down, all this adversity that's coming. Is it, is it contrite to, like, compare Jesus, faith in Jesus to the Bengals? Probably. But at the same time, it's a huge message to me that this, could we act, could this actually be coming, and ha- actually be happening? And I was speaking to my mom about it yesterday, and she says, well, I just hope it lasts. And I'm like, Jesus does last, so it's even better. Like, Jesus is better than the Bengals. So I'm wearing my Bengals shirt, but, like, every time, like, and, and so my, uh, my son Lincoln and I went, um, and I had a Bengals. It was the one day I had my Bengals sweatshirt on, and the pharmacist spoke to me about it. And um, I talked to her about it, um, and I didn't share the whole message because I chickened out. Um, but I did give her um, a heart shaped sucker and said, you know, God cares about you way more than you know. And here's just a small example. So I just think it's little things. Like if we're intentionally thinking about how much God loves us and it's better than the Bengals and it's better, you know, that, um, that he's going to allow us to, to share that message. So just encourage you. Um, I don't know. That's all I really wanted to say. Just that Jesus speaks through football. Isn't that cool? Good morning. I'm Kaylee Erickson, and I'm reading through the Bible, as many of you might be doing this year. Um, And I've been coming to Exodus, and God spoke really very clearly to me, um, and I think he wants to speak to you too. Um, Moses uh, heard from God in the burning bush, and I just want to read to you a few of the verses. Um. God called Moses to speak to the Israelites on his behalf, or speak to the um, Pharaoh on his behalf. And Moses wasn't very sure about that. And he kept questioning over and over, are you sure that I'm the one that's supposed to do that? And God over and over again said, yes, and, and, and I'm going to give you a sign, and I'm going to turn your stick into a snake, and I'm going to do everything um, that I say that I'm going to do. And Moses kept doubting himself. Um, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? 
Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. And it struck me that Moses had no confidence in himself. But God had complete confidence in Moses. And God assigned Moses to this job. And God has assigned each and every one of us to a place And even when we're not confident in the place that he's put us, he's perfectly prepared us. And he he has more confidence than we have in ourselves. And not even that, he does the work. God says, go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. And if we can trust and believe him at his word, that he has this for us exactly where we are, or whatever he calls us to, how much more his kingdom can come. That is so awesome. And then, after that, after he says that, then God says, well, I love you so much. I'll just, I'll have your brother help you because I know that's your desire. So not only that, he gives us our desires and he, ch- he changes because he loves us. And that's, that's just so amazing. So praise God. And... Um, have confidence that wherever he's called you to, he's perfectly preparing you for that. Yeah, yeah that's, thank, thank you, that's amazing. Before Kaylee gets down, I, I'm sensing that there's some people that think of this message about confidence and they need a boost of confidence before the Lord. If that's you, just go ahead and stand. I'm just going to have Kaylee pray over you. If you want... You want confidence in what the Lord is doing. Uh, Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can learn your heart for uh, the people that you've called to your kingdom to do the work that you have. I pray for everyone here that you would make your call on their life clear, as clear as it was for Moses in the burning bush. I pray that you would open our hearts and minds to hear and that uh, you would give us everything that we need. Um, Help us to overcome doubt. Help us um, to fight the the evil that tries to go against what you're doing and confuse us and break us down. And I I pray that you would prepare us perfectly to do what you've called us to do. I pray in the power of Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, come on up. Hello, my name is Krista. So um, last night I had a, um, a scripture. It kind of went across the television screen. Uh, it was Matthew chapter 19, verse 2. And I had never really heard anyone really preach on that scripture. It's really, it seems like it's um, just giving a historical fact. And it says, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. So there was years ago that I was reading that scripture, and um, I thought to myself, I wish I was there. And I had this uh, rumbling that happened inside. And I didn't, I, and I said, oh, wow, God, I think, He's going to speak to me. I didn't know what he was going to say, but I just knew he was going to speak to me. Um, I think it may have been a few days later, and I came in the house, and I knew that he was, there was, he was speaking to me and he's, to turn on the television. I turned it on, and there was a, a, a preacher on, and right at that moment, and she um, quoted um, 1 Peter 2.24, who was by his stripes, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. And, um, and he, and, um, and, and by his stripes you were healed. And um, he said, there's the there. That's, that's the there where he healed them. And I knew, it didn't make sense at that time, but as I uh, continued to meditate on it, 
it's like, oh, that's, you know, you're, you're walking in, in healing. And as Marianne was um, talking about the, the children's bed, it's like healing is the children's bread. And, and that's where you are. And um, last night when that scripture came across the screen again, I said, wow, nobody spoke on this scripture. I've never heard anyone preach this scripture. Oh, I think I'll share that scripture. Had I known that I'd be sharing it, um, I don't, you know, I didn't know it was sharing Sunday. As a matter of fact, I wasn't going to come today. But um, um, I, I'm just sharing it because uh, the, the, the young lady up here before me, she said, you know, if, if, if God gives you, if he, he wants you to have confidence, so I just came up to share because, um, you know, I've just felt impressed to share that, um, um, that great multitudes follow him and he heals them there, and you're already healed. Amen. Krista, uh, I was just going, I was, I, also you're, you're, you're walking in healing, so I, I just want to um, ask if, if there's anyone here today that, uh, just hearing this message about healing um, is maybe struggling with something right now that needs healing, that um, you just go ahead and stand, and we're going to get some people to pray for you right now. Okay, we've got a couple. All right. Let's get some brothers and sisters around each one, and... Um, uh, Krista, do you just want to pray a, a healing over that? Is that going? Father, we that? thank you that Jesus is the healer. Father, we thank you that your love um, cast out all fear, and your love is unfailing, and it's, um, it, it strengthens them, and, they are, and they're strong in the Lord. And, Father, we thank you that um, healing is the children's bread, and by his stripes, we were healed. So we thank you for that, and we um, believe that, and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Krista, thank you. All right. Jake, are you ready to share? Okay. Come on up. We'll just give them a second to finish praying. Hey everybody, my name is Jake. It's nice to be here. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had some friends share a book with me that's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I know it's been read by a few people here in the church, uh, but I wanted to share a little bit about what the Lord has been revealing to me through this and uh, how that's been working. Uh, I lead a pretty active lifestyle, and I work in a pretty crazy environment. I hire delivery drivers right now. It's a pretty fun time to be doing that work, uh, to say the least. Uh, but at the beginning of the book, John Mark Homer says, he talks about, uh, I don't know the exact quote, I tried to find it this morning but couldn't find it, but he says, what if it's not the fact that the Lord is not able to be present with you on a moment-by-moment -moment basis, but you're not able to be present with the Lord? And it's a, been a pretty big challenge to me over the last few weeks uh, in the midst of all the busyness, realizing that, well, actually the Lord is there and present with you, but how do you make time and space to be present uh, with the Lord through the Holy Spirit? And so I just wanted to bring this up this morning as a uh, maybe a little bit of a challenge to myself and to everybody else to see outside of the, the quiet times we're having in the morning or the, the daily scripture readings, what are the things that we're doing on the small interaction level basis that can make a big difference for us to connect with the Lord and really do his work. And instead of getting caught up in the phone and email and meeting after meeting, day-to-day -day things that can lead us so far astray where we have to put on the big brakes and get back. So just a 
interesting thing to think about. Who day, everybody? Woo! Woo! You know how you're going down the roller coaster and you get those gut punches of like, who's that? I'm got, I've got that. It's weird. It just started. So prepare yourselves. Um, I. Does anybody love doing that discipleship survey in every January? Like look forward to it and think, oh my gosh, I can't wait to tell you how great I am. And this is the first year I didn't sign my name because I'm like, I, I just, I can't do it. So I did do the survey, um, but it, that's, it's hard for me to do because I don't like confessing all the stuff that I'm not doing, right? Like, and I'm not going to go into detail here, but um, it was cool because this year I was able to add a little bit more. Like, oh my gosh, I'm actually reading the Bible a lot more than I used to. And, and it's not like this whole sit down, let's be serious. It's just reading until I fall asleep. But I'm like, it's just a cool time to just rest my heart before I go to sleep. And um, it's, just been, it's just been a blessing. So the whole point of why I'm saying this is, I feel like the reason why I am so much more engaged with God is because I'm so much more engaged here. And I have so much more skin in the game here at this, in this place and with you all. And um, I used to get up at 8.34, 8.34 sharp each Sunday morning to get my kids ready and get to church. <laughs> and my, my sister was like, well, don't you get your kids breakfast? No, I'm sleeping in. They can get their own breakfast. And I came home to a smoke-filled house the other night when my daughter was making dinner. Um, so anyway, like, that's what I used to do. I would race to church, and I would actually get here on time. It was pretty impressive. I can get here in 14 minutes. And what's different is now, like this morning, I got up at 7 o'clock, 7.05, 7.05. And it wasn't like a burden. You know, like I was really excited to be here. And I got to just be in my own space for a while here and just then start getting ready and then be prepared for worship. And the only reason, I think, is, because again, because I have so much skin in the game. And so I guess I just want to encourage you, if you're not engaged here, um, it really is life-changing. It really, you know, if, if we put our hearts into it. So um, this is not me asking for volunteers, but if you'd like to. Uh, feel free. Katie Smith, 513-205-8539. Um, but anyway, I just, I just think there's a big, there's something about walking in your gifts, acting on it, and then you're just fully engaged, and it makes all the difference in the world. Michael Bosager. Um, my sister said if I got up here and shared something, she would sing a song after me. So, um, but I do have a little something rattling around uh, for the for the men, and everybody's been so positive. So I wanted to maybe counter that a little bit. But um, yes. Um, have you guys noticed just how godless and wicked our culture has becoming is becoming in the last 10, 10 years? I mean, it's, it's accelerating. And as a leader of my family, you know, and as we have a lot of men here who are husbands and fathers, one of our jobs is uh, to protect and to lead and to provide. I mean, that's really our main job. But, but the protection part is... Um, is is something that I feel uh, very strongly about, and you're you're noticing that we have to be constantly providing the truth to our children, 
in reading the scripture, explaining to them what's going on in our culture. Um, and I want to encourage us all to keep doing that. And um, my wife is in a, uh, in a uh, book club with some women, and they're reading this book called Mama Bear Apologetics. And, it, and I picked it up a few nights ago and read a little bit of it. And one of the concepts that they were talking about, and now I'm getting practical how you can protect your, your family, was this concept of linguistic theft, where words in our culture are changing meaning. And it's really hard for two people to have a, have a conversation about something when one person means this thing with a word and another person means this thing. So, for example, the word love has been, the meaning of the word love has totally changed. We as believers have, in our Bibles, God is love, right? So the very essence of who God is, sacrificing himself for us, um, you know, ascribing worth to another at the cost of yourself is the biblical definition of love. In our culture today, uh, to not accept somebody's wild lifestyle is considered unloving. You know, love has become sort of validating everybody's feelings at the given moment. So we need to be having these conversations with our children. We need to be, we need to be making sure that when we're using the words love or justice or righteousness or truth or tolerance or intolerance, um, we need to make sure that they know what the true definition of that word is and, you know, that kind of thing. So anyway, I just wanted to encourage people that, um, you know, we need to stay rooted in Scripture and in God's truth. And, uh, you know, seeing a Christian living by Christian principles is the most powerful evangelism tool to a world that's going nuts right now. Um, and I'm seeing that a lot, of, a lot of people in my life are looking at me and going, well, what's going on with you? You know, I'm not trying to build a bridge and be like the culture. I'm trying to do what the word says to do. And uh, so, yeah. Now I'm going to turn it over to Mario. school uh, in North Carolina for 10 weeks, and the, the portion that I, the little class, we did like, what were they called? Collectives, thank you. Um, the collective that I chose, thanks Sam, um, was music, uh, which you all know I love to sing, but I had never song written, and this is a song that I wrote that sort of is the altar of remembrance of how the Lord met me during those 10 weeks. And um, what keeps bringing, I don't know, what the, what the, I'm happy that I'm, I'm, fulfill it. Um, the thing that the Lord keeps bringing back to me through this song is, I mean, I think all of us, we're, because we're stuck, there's just desires, longings, thirsts for um, wholeness, for meaning, for more of the Lord that um, are already and not yet, and uh, that he fulfills all of them, and that he meets us in every thirst. Um, thanks to Jesus, sorry, uh, thanks to Jesus, um, Thanks to his sacrifice and nothing of our own, he is satisfied in us. And that the Lord, um, I don't know, just his pride and satisfaction over us as a, as a good father who loves us. So, um, I'll let him get back up. I'm very nervous. Don't feel nervous for me, though, okay? Like, I'm definitely going to mess up, and it's going to be fine. We're just going to roll through it. I don't. You know?
frantically searching Unsatisfied I found you Sitting at the well Thirsty too Your pointed questions Pulled back my hair You invite me into the depths Safe from the snare Thank you, Mariel. Very encouraging. Yeah, thanks, Mariel. That was, 
I got to see the video of you doing that at your at your thing, and I liked it much better with you playing, by the way. Um, my name is Brandon Snow. Uh, I just had a couple, two quick things. Um, there was a little bit of talk about Steve Sessler, and I, I'm a. I've been I'm on a text chain with the elders and we are and we've been getting updates about Steve and he'll he'll chime in uh, occasionally and uh, just had some a little bit of back and forth with him as well and um, one of the things I told him last week um, is he has been in in these texts he has been so encouraging and talking about how the Lord um, has used this time in him uh, and he he made a reference to he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't really need to go to seminary anymore because of, of the work that the Lord has had time to do in him while he's been laying in that hospital bed. But um, he, he's, just, he's encouraged me so much more from uh, just what the, the things that he is talking about from his, from his hospital bed than, than I feel like I could encourage him. So that's been uh, a real blessing to uh, see the, the, through the adversity what, um, what the Lord what the Lord can do when we have an open heart to him and when we're not, uh, you know, sitting in woe is me and why is this happening to me? I'm, I, I do all these great things. Um, but no, he's, he's just allowing the Lord, the Lord to work in him. So I, I just, that's been such a good encouragement to me. Uh, and uh, just a, a little quick story. Last Sunday, um, we were uh, making dinner and uh, Levi, my six-year-old, is in the kitchen with us and he decided he wants to wash dishes. And and I would say, out of my out of my four kids, he is he is the one that um, enjoys work the least. So, um, but he volunteered to wash some dishes, hand wash them, and he's you know he's doing it, and he's he's looking at the soap bubbles and rinsing them off. And and he and Laura and I are both in there. We're both doing something right next to him, and he's like, "This this soap getting washed off of these dishes is like what Jesus does with our sins. He just washes them right away." And, and come in, you know, and this, this, this kid is, you know, he, he is, um, he's a great kid, but he, he sometimes is the toughest, uh, and it seems like he's the hardest to get through to. And, uh, that's an, I just want to encourage parents, um, that the way that you, the way that you act, the way that you speak, and the way that you love your kids um, does get through whether we always see it or not in the moment. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the role that you've given uh, each parent in here and, and the child, the children that you have given uh, those of us that are parents to raise. And I just ask for continued blessings, continued wisdom. And uh, Lord, I pray that each one of us would uh, just try to step our game up as we are examples of, of who you are to our children so that uh, we can plant those seeds that you, uh, Lord, that you will grow in them to become men and women of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, everyone. My name is Eddie. And I'm glad to be here. Uh, so I just want to share something real quick. I was sitting there, and I kept hearing in my spirit, you're the answer. You have the answer. And I wanted to share with every one of you guys, you're the answer. You have the answer because you have Jesus Christ. And when I was sitting there, the Lord took me back to, I grew up in a very charismatic church, all right? It was loud every Sunday. We had a full band every Sunday. It was like a concert every Sunday morning. And the spirit would move, and we shout, and we going in. But one thing I saw growing up was a lot of demonstration of the Holy Spirit moving in our life. And as a young boy, my mom and dad would teach us as kids how to pray and how to go in and seek God as a young kid. So I've seen a lot of miracles in my life. I've seen people healed of AIDS. I've seen people delivered and set free from demons. And I'll never forget one testimony. And I'm saying this to encourage you so you know you have the answer. You have everything you need on the inside because you have Jesus Christ, and we can never forget that. And so as a little kid, I was, I'll never forget we had this. I was named after my former pastor, and he got older, and he was in his garage, and he left the car on. 
Well, the gas got in there, and supposedly he died. Well, his wife, we called her Mama Jenny. And Mama Jenny was a woman of faith, like, I mean, crazy faith. So everybody was crying, and we were like, oh, oh no, no, he don't, Lord. But, you know, so she said, everybody, okay, it's okay, don't worry about it. She said, everybody get out the house and just leave me with him. And she prayed, and they pronounced he had no pulse. They said he was dead. She said, get out the house. I'm going to pray with him. She prayed for five hours, and he came back to life. Because she knew who he was, who she was in Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage everyone here today, whatever you're going through, whatever's happening in your life, you are the answer. On your job, you're the answer. When you're in a grocery store, you're the answer. Somebody needs prayer. Somebody needs healing. Somebody needs deliverance. Well, you have it. And so me and my wife have been watching the movie Chosen, and it's just, I'm like, wow. God made it so simple. He, Jesus made it so simple. He just said, don't fear. He kept telling everybody, don't fear. Well, the definition of fear is false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. The enemy has no authority in your life. He has no power over you. You have all power. You have all authority through Jesus Christ. We just got to remember who we are and whose we are. And when we understand this and we walk in it, and the only way you can walk in it is when you abide in the word. You have to abide in the word. If you don't abide in the word, you don't know what's going on. So when the enemy comes and you feel fear, you can feel fear all day, but you don't have to accept it. Fear is going to come. That's life. But it's how you respond is, the, is what's going to happen. So as a little boy, I've seen all this stuff growing up. Now, God knows I ain't perfect. I got a testimony that will blow your mind where God delivered me from. But because I know and I'm beginning to understand who I really am, I could look at the devil. I'll never forget <laughs> this testimony. said, when I wake up in the morning, I want the devil to know who I am. Why? Because I want him to fear me. I want him to be like, oh, my God, he's still alive. He's going to do something amazing for God today. I can't believe this. So when you wake up in the morning, you want the devil to know your name and say, yeah, I know who I am. I have Jesus Christ on me. I have all authority. I have all the power. And you have no authority in my life. So I hope this encourages you. Remember who you are. You have the answer. Hey, uh, wonderful morning. We're going to uh, close our time together this morning with uh, some worship. And so as you uh, ponder all that we've, uh, we've just heard from uh, our brothers and sisters, I uh, just want to finish by pointing our hearts and minds and spirits to the one that Eddie just reminded us of and um, how uh, holy and anointed he is and what he has done for us what he has done for us. So, Father, thank you for the testimony of my brothers and sisters. Thank you for the encouragement. Uh, Father, and I thank you that uh, we are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture. We will give thanks to you forever because from generation to generation, we will recount your praise. So let's worship the Lord. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy
Brothers and sisters, and now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and bring that hope to a world this week that is hurting and dying. Amen.